The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future Podcast with your host, Dalton, coming up today on Building the Future. Let me put it in perspective. So I, I failed my senior high school exams three times. The WIAC. The WIAC. With completely no hopes of ever getting to a university admission or anything of that stuff. And I felt it wasn't my fault. I actually blamed the system. My parents won't have that. I had to prove to the world that it wasn't me. It was the system. That's how I built eCampus. Interesting. eCampus is not here to replace the system. What was wrong with the system that made you fail? The system, it values the teacher is always right. It has no sort of respect from my own perspective. He has no respect for the way I understand things and have no respect for my examples. It has to be what the teacher says or what the textbook says. This episode is brought to you by JEE Client Services. Have you ever left a negotiation feeling that you have lost, overcommitted, or will be overpaying? Negotiation is a skill and it can be learned. It is one of the most important skills you ever require as a business person. That is why you need to attend this online masterclass put together by JEE Client Services in conjunction with Lauren Gold Consulting. It's three series of live webinars starting from 14th November 2017. At the end of the webinar, you will understand how to gather intelligence and prepare for negotiation, how to set expectations, how to bargain across cultural borders, how to deal with deadlocks during negotiation, and a lot more. This isn't just any masterclass. It is put together by top players in the game. JEE Client Services provides business support, governance, and compliance services for SMEs, large corporates, high net worth individuals, and membership organizations. I've known them for some time, and they are super professional and excellent in what they do. If you want to get the best out of your next negotiation, you need to sign up to attend this webinar series. Go to www.jcs.ng and register. The first masterclass is free for listeners of this podcast. To register, go to www.jcs.ng. You should mark this date on your calendar, 21st to 22nd November 2017. That's when I'm hosting the second series of High Growth Africa Summit. Last year, the High Growth Africa Summit 2016 was lit. We had over 350 entrepreneurs and investors across Nigeria, other African countries, UK and US. And we had loads of great speakers. This year, it's going to be bigger and better. It's happening in Lagos. We expect to gather more than 750 entrepreneurs and investors. This is not your average conference. The focus will be about learning how to build, scale, and fund your own business in Africa. There will be workshops, seminars, and masterclasses on practical stuff like how to validate a startup idea, how to grow your business through digital marketing, how to hire and manage a software development team, key questions investors will ask you before taking a meeting. The sessions will be taken by entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and have battle scars to show, and investors who are currently taking big risks on African startups. To attend this conference, you need to register at highgrowthafrica.com. That is H-I-G-H-G-R-O-W-T-H africa.com. It's happening on the 21st to 22nd November 2017 in Lagos, Nigeria. The ticket is less than $30 for general pass and $100 for the investor pass. But the ticket price goes up as we get closer to the conference. Go to highgrowthafrica.com and register now. That is H-I-G-H-G-R-O-W-T-H africa.com and register now my guest today is Cecil Mutako he's the founder CEO of eCampus and eCampus is an on-demand exam test preparation platform the way to explain it is everything you want to learn you can learn by listening to people talk about it you can go to a structured classroom or you can be in a training organization where they teach you about it and a lot of time people do this offline you have to be in front of a teacher a trainer or a guy and that's how university education primary education and our education system is based on somebody in front of you and teaching you or your employer training you on how to work and how to do stuff in the organization. What eCampus is doing is building a technology layer on top of that so they can take all those learning and test assessment into an online platform that is easily accessible to anyone that wants to learn it or to the specific people that really want to learn those things. That's what eCampus is doing. I'm going to allow Cecil to talk more about it but I find it very fascinating because I can see the potential of e 
campus actually disrupting for good the education system in Africa and also the learning curriculums in Africa. So Cecil, welcome to Building the Future. Thank you. Happy to be here. I really want to hear from you because you were very succinct and very clear when you were explaining it to me before we started. Yeah. So literally, eCampus puts the classroom and corporate training in your palm. The world is your classroom. You learn every day. You take a lot of tests every day. So test goes beyond sitting in front of an examiner and writing an exam. If you study customer service, you're tested every day when a customer walks in. So how does eCampus help you to do those kind of tests? And- Let me put it in perspective. So I, I failed my senior high school exams three times. The WIAC. The WIAC. With completely no hopes of ever getting to a university admission or anything of that stuff. And I felt it wasn't my fault. I actually blamed the system. My parents wouldn't have that. I had to prove to the world that it wasn't me. It was the system. That's how I built eCampus. Interesting. eCampus is not here to replace the system. What was wrong with the system that made you fail? The system values the teacher is always right. It has no respect from my own perspective. He has no respect for the way I understand things and has no respect for my examples. It has to be what the teacher says or what the textbook says. Isn't that a curriculum thing rather than the mode of delivery? It is not a curriculum thing. The two of us can read an article, the same article. The way we explain it to the third person will make the third person want to read it or one will make the third person not want to read it at all. So I was very good at primary school. I loved primary school because it was okay to make mistakes. We learned through play, through activities. It was practical. It was with experience. You could leave it. You wake up always wanting to go back to school. You get to junior high school, then you begin to hate school. It has to be A or B, else a cane at your back. No more rooms to make mistakes. How do you expect me to learn if I don't make mistakes? It looks like, again, it is, because I can identify what you're talking about, it is more of, maybe a combination of both. It's more of a, the way the curriculum is designed and the way it is assessed than the mode in which it was delivered. Um, so if the curriculum is designed and assessed based on your ability to follow strict rules and strict guidelines and it's either A or B or C and there's no other room for you to think on your own. It doesn't matter how it is delivered. The curriculum is the curriculum. I agree and disagree. I agree on the point that yes, if you have laid down rules, naturally you want to follow them strictly so you can be on top of it. But that's not always true. People can go around it and still be on top of it. But naturally you want to follow it. And I disagree because no matter the rules, delivery is key. You get my point. We all know that if you want to win 100 meters, there are things you need to do. Delivery is Hussein Boat. So just delivery. So how is eCampus helping to change that? So what we seek to do and we're doing is not to fight the system that monitors the curriculum or trains the teachers. Why? Because we want to do that. We, we want to flip delivery. Okay. I agree with you. There are three angles to it. The systems that creates the curriculum and the, the supporting system that delivers is with the teachers and the structures, right? And then finally is the delivery. The one that actually gets to the students. That is where we want to change the game. And once we change the game at that level, it is easier for the teachers to begin to compare the outcomes of those who use eCampus to the outcomes of those who rely on them. Then they'll be forced to start rethinking. Because if you fight it from the wrong aspect, which is trying to change the system, which I've First, several times they tell you when were you born. And, it's, and, and, you? and it's also that it's the hardest. Exactly. To, so, so you want to start then tweaking the place the where delivery. you have the most impact. impact. And where I don't need an approval from Anyone. A, a minister or a president. So you're not, you're or not fighting anybody. The, you're just trying I'm just to, there. We are all we're solving the same problem. Let's see who has the greatest impact over time. So one, how does the brain actually learn? This is the question I answered during my MBA. How does the human brain learn voluntarily? Not the way we have been forced to learn or the way we've been what made to believe that is the way to learn. It took me 18 months of an MBA program to figure this out. So you, you had an MBA in Milan? Glo- yeah, Global Business and Sustainability, Social Entrepreneurship Track. In, in Catholic University of Milan? The Catholic University of Milan. And have you started eCampus then? Oh, yes. Or you were just no. trying to dwell on the ideas? E-campus, eCampus started as an idea in 2003. That's a long time ago. You're not a startup. So we are a startup in the but sense that... But you started that to, as an idea, you did launch? 
launch 2003. Our first e-campus deployment was in 2005. But that is not the e-campus you see today. Yeah, because that was b- before mobile apps. So we've done like three pivots. So I, I get there because I failed my exam in 2002. I became a nuisance. I had to fix something. I had to prove to my parents first that it's not me and now the world that we can change systems without fighting them. All right. So that's a huge, that's a huge, almost 13 years. So of, what was your MVP when you started e-campus? Was past questions on diskettes. Oh, that they hold floppy diskettes. Yeah. Standing in front of internet cafes and trying to sell it to people because back then there were no access to past questions like today you have Acula and all those past questions all over the place. So I did my work in, not to give my age out here, a lot of people know it anyway. I did my work in the 90s, middle 90s and there were past questions on papers that you can get and you can you practice. You were really a privileged child at the time. Not really. Everyone was accessible in Lagos. So it was past questions on, you can buy it anywhere. Um, the past questions on paper, you can buy them. And they were all solved? Yes, to some extent. As far as I can remember, yes, they are not so dead. They are not they are useless. But you can buy them up to the up to the current year and you buy the past questions. Somebody solve them and you can practice them. And but so you took those kind of past questions and you put them on floppy disk. But that's predicated on that everybody has access to the computer. Yeah. So what I was doing then was that it was around that time all this internet cafe was boom. hanging up everywhere. So all the young boys were always hanging around internet cafes with practically nothing to do. So I felt, okay, if I had access to past questions that were very interactive and I could know that I'm past and stop lying to myself and looking at the back of the book for the answers and thinking I'm preparing for exams. Oh, got it. That so would be more effective. That's for you, which is fantastic that because the past question that I had access to was the one that you saw then you go back but yours is you can it's interactive so you can go through it and then it can tell you whether you passed or not and, and correct you and then you can learn immediately those were the things i was looking at then you move from there and today is a mobile app and it's in four countries and all that kind of stuff fine so that was your first mvp yeah yeah so the final pivot mvp was based on so i joined the mba because of ecampus ecampus actually won me a full scholarship into that mba because of the idea of income so before 2002, when you, when you failed your secondary school, did you go to university afterwards? You didn't go to university. How am I going if I failed? So, okay, this is interesting. So you didn't go to university, you started a campus. What did you build? How did you build your first campus? Do you speak? You speak to me, I have enabled you to code or you got, or you code yourself, yourself taught yourself how to code. Okay. I self-taught myself, but it was a process. What happened was, if you remember around the time, the best thing was when you finish secondary school, you know, you go and do some short computer classes. Yes. If you remember, it was yeah, a I trend. I did a bit of that as well. Exactly. So I took that very seriously. You took your computer class seriously or like... I took it extremely seriously. So, uh, actually, I was one that actually offered to go to do it because I wanted to learn how to use CorelDRAW. I don't know what I think that software exists now because I'm fascinated with designing flyers. So I went there because I want to learn CorelDRAW and I learned, and I learned, um, I learned the word, word processor and spreadsheet. Uh, spreadsheet. But I spent a lot of my time on playing Corridor. games, <laughs> playing Prince, okay. Prince of Pasha. I spent Jumping a around. lot of my time playing Prince of Pasha okay. and learning. I took Microsoft Access seriously. Fortunately, around this time, around that time, there was a there's a ship called Locust Two that moves around countries with books. So it happens to come to the Takradi port, and I went in there and I bought books on Microsoft Access. And in that book, they showed me uh, systems on like how the Netherlands ports manages all their data at the ports using technology and databases. So I got more fascinated about those things. So I took Access extremely seriously, and that's why I could do things like that on diskettes and were fascinated about it. I think within six months, I got my first internship at the Ghana Post and Harbour and my job was to digitize uh, the Harbour Masters cards. You know, if vessel each vessel comes to the port, they have a green card and a pink card. One is for the captain, one is for the vessel. They had packed them from the 18th century in a room. And so when I went, I had to design all of that into for Microsoft all Access. All the parts for all the screen yeah. cards, they have yeah. them from 18th century. Yeah, and they were there. So when I got there to do my internship and I told them, then they saw what I could build. Do you have a personal computer? Yeah, so at the time I didn't have access. I was using the internet cafes. 
But then it got to a point I had to just beg my mom to buy me a computer. She couldn't afford a brand new one. So I had to convince one of the hardware technicians at one of the internet cafes I frequent so I can build my own computer by buying components from the old and damaged one. And that worked pretty well. So I got my first computer by building it from scratch. So it gave me a lot of insight into how they work and how important they were. And I got addicted to it. I could stay days, don't sleep in. It got to a point I had to start using glasses because I was constantly behind the monitors. On the computer, you were one of those LA gigs and was just spending time on the computer. So it was just it, all I, it became my everything. And so while your friends were at the university, you were just on the computer. Exactly. Trying to build things. Doing things. Trying to build things. And, and how did that lead you to do MBA? So when I finally became mommy's darling boy again to computers. What do you mean? Darling boy? No, when I failed, I, I lost my place. I was on the first born, you know what I mean? And my, my, my mom, she doesn't joke with education. So having failed 30 times, you become a nuisance in the house. If, if it was legal, they'd probably kill you. Like, you were just a disappointment. So to win back that kind of first born position was a, a big deal for me. And if computers could help me win that, then I should probably just learn more of the computers. So she said, okay, you know what? I want you to do SAT and go to America and do computer engineering. That's what your mom said. And I'm like, okay, what is SAT? So you need to leave Takradi, come to Accra and prepare for SAT. I said, okay, since now mom is happy, you don't invest in me again. Why not? I'm just do what she says. So I came to Accra, busy internet at the time. They were doing SAT classes at the top. There was this other company and I joined. They gave us 80 hours of internet time. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I went... I spent much of it doing High Five. Remember High Five? High Five with the social media. Yeah. One of those heavy social media. High Five was, yeah, it was like Instagram and Facebook Mm -hmm. combined. Mostly High Five and Yahoo Chats. Yeah, Yahoo. And remember Yahoo Chat? Exactly. It was interesting, actually. You can just join a, what's it? You join a group or you join um, a room? A room, yeah, it was a room. Chat rooms. Different rooms. Chat rooms. Different colors, backgrounds, moving up and down. make noise and stuff. That was just early 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 days days. of social media. Early days. I was doing much of that and... I knew, okay, I'm preparing to write my SAT. So I go to the U.S. Embassy to read my books, select my school, all those stuff. So one day I met one guy online, and this is an Indian guy. I was like, okay, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm preparing to go to invest in America to do what? To do computer engineering. I was like, okay, so do you know how to use, can you code? I'm like, no. Do you know how to use QBasic? I'm like, what's QBasic? It's like, dude, that's like the baby lowest level of programming you don't know. That's what I think they expect you to know before you come to university. Yeah. And you're going to sit there and... With people that have been doing that for a long time. People are even building watches and building what? Uh, writing firmwares for what, toy uh, toy cars and you want to go sit in class with them. My guy, tell your mom you're not going anywhere, right? Learn how to use QBasic, go to some NNIT or IPMC and learn basic Java and then you get somewhere. For real. So quickly I looked up QBasic. And we're like, wow. So that night, I learned how to write my first program, my first language. So, so you just that night, said that you started that, learning. That I learned Q-Basic. QBasic. And you know, I went to my friend's house, used his brother's computer, and I wrote my first program where you could ask a question and the computer answer you. I'm like, okay, so this is what the guy means by programming. I'm going to learn this shit. You know what I mean? I'm just, so that's how I am. So I came to my mom, mom, you know what, man, I'm not going to any America again. My mom was, was she like, disappointed so as I need, well? she said, I need prayers. She actually called pastors to come pray for me. Something is wrong with me. I'm like, mom, no, this guy I met online. So who is this Who's guy? This? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the devil that comes. You, know? you need deliverance exactly. from the devils who is advising you. Because, I mean, on an official, on an official level, I mean, that, that, that looks dangerous, right? I mean, that could have gone another way. You had an opportunity to go and study in the U.S. And, and there are loads of people that will die for that kind of opportunity. And that's number one. Number two, there are loads of examples of people who had this opportunity and their life became better and they came, they created a lot of value and they, they had a hand good job. The path that you decided to take was a path that has not been trodden by a lot of people. Yeah, but it, it made me... They don't know who... Yeah, oh, of course. It made me win back my what? It, yeah, it, 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 it works now. Oh, so why am I changing this? I'm not going to change the strategy. It works. Yeah, so I know it works now in hindsight, but I'm just thinking for your mom. It's okay. The, that part is untrodden. It's a part that they don't understand. Exactly. It's an it's uncharted path. But they know this part. You go to America, study. You can come back and have a this big job, which might be boring for you, which yeah. you might actually regret because you're not fulfilling your ambition and your dream. But that's a path that I can understand why parents do that. This is the part that we know that other people have trodden and it's worked for them. This one that you're trying to do, we don't understand it. It's crazy and it's not, it's unproven. So, so you, you decide to say, okay, I'm going to stay and learn 
programming and your mom what what did, what did she do after after that so what is it you want to do now because at least when she got angry the first time about failing the exams i learned something on my own she couldn't believe it would work and all of a sudden i was working in the company that she works at the Ghana Post and Harbor she's an anesthetist physician anesthetist at the clinic theater so because of that we have some level of free healthcare so one day i went to the hospital and i saw a nurse climbing ladders to pull out my file i got furious went to the administrator and told her i could fix that with what databases and say really i showed him what i can do on disk he broke my disk into to lock me in this office and make me redo it and i did they was happy so he called it broke the, your yeah. said, maybe you stole this okay yeah. can you do yeah. it again and he locked me up he came back i've done that and then he called the mis department at the head office and they were like no this guy is too advanced for the hospital so come to the mis that's how i got my first job so you got a first job that your mom would have uh, she saw that a lot of people would have actually and, uh, the degrees will, to, to, will get so as i said now she was like okay you i so get what it do you what do you want so i want to go to nnit which is just across the street at business internet she's like america nnit i said you let me just go to the nnit it's just two years let me learn nnit is a national, national institute of information technology right because that's the advice the guy gave me that you should go to a, i should go to a, a local it school learn something before i go to america is my point so she said okay so she enrolled me in nnit i went to do e technologies so in at And in IT, I decided not to use Windows platforms because everything you need to buy is expensive. So I switched to Linux and open source too. So if you're teaching me Microsoft SQL, I'm using MySQL or Postgres SQL. If you're teaching me in what in Java, I'm using C Sharp to do the same things. So they were teaching you something, and I was using, using different using languages, different yeah, to to, uh, to execute it because those ones they are free, open source, and I can tweak them, right? So I joined a user group called the Linux User Crowd Group, where we share ideas with open source users, Linux users, building servers. So we're learning new things. So that's the kind of right. So you, you wanted to build a database that can do A, B, C, D. The tools that you have been taught in school are Microsoft and all these proprietary tools. I said, okay, fine. There are alternative tools I can use to achieve Because the same the thing. Because the principle is the same. And that is what they don't give us in senior high school. It has to be what the teacher says. Oh, I get it now. Do you understand so, my... So you, <laughs> so you, okay, so you were able to actually to... to to challenge you, you say, so it's not the Without system actually fighting a system I don't have to fight you you give me an assignment I've done it as to how I got it done what's your problem but, but then NIT accept that they accepted that because they just wanted to be able to learn the principle of coding, coding. and programming and that's it and not that you have to use this a particular, particular tool that's it. so you see where I'm going with this thing alright now once I did that I became more clearly associated with how do I then prove to the world now that I wasn't that dumb it wasn't my fault so I started researching into open source learning platform they call them learning management softwares they were all bulky and complicated so now i needed to scale my disk thing to a php thing and now on the web and struggling because the internet protection is becoming It's, bigger exactly and now i can actually code in those languages so i could now i was doing it slowly then in 2000 and I think early 2005, the Ghana India Kofina Center of Excellence in ICT is a center where they've given us one room where Linux Accra user groups we meet in the Saturdays to discuss technologies that are coming up. So they were organizing an, an e-learning conference. So I had to come and demonstrate the prototype of the e-learning things I'm doing. And in that conference, there were about 80 university, big heads of universities gathered with the big players. And I had a chance to present my prototype. It was a big day for me. Then after the prototype, I had my own stand where I was demonstrating other technologies. We could, we could build, we call it like taking dead computers and giving them life without a hard drive and a memory and all those things. Just dead computers. How do you do connect. that? It's a, a Linux-based technology that allows you to connect about 100 computers and they all rely on the power of just one. So we're demonstrating all those funny things. We're learning just one of them. You know, it was a fair. So the provost of Regent University approached my stand and asked me, uh, young man, uh, do you have a degree? And I said, no. Have you been to a university before? I said, no. Where do you learn all these things from? So the internet. I just read, apply, I mess up, I continue. I was like, okay, we like this, your e-campus thing. We want to try it at our university. I'm like, it's just a prototype. It's not ready. It's like, you will try it. Then he gave me his iBook. You remember iBook before they started doing MacBooks? Yes. It was white. Yes. I was so excited. Hey, this Gave you. He gave me his use. iBook that I should go and set up eCampus on it, my prototype on it, come back to him a week at the school. He'll take me to meet the president of the school and we'll see if we can get a deal. I'm like, okay. So I went back with some of my colleagues from Linus Accra. I went to do a presentation to the whole school. President liked it and he said, you know what? I give you a full scholarship to do computer science and I'll employ you to manage eCampus for us and I'll give you a place to stay. And you see this driver and that car 
they'll pick you every morning to work. You start tomorrow. So that's interesting. So you not only do you get a scholarship to study, you got a job along with yeah. it, and you also got a driver and a place. Yeah, to stay I was living in his car. house. Yeah, his boys contest, and then so it's a car. So when I took those two, three, two, two documents home, then an appointment letter and an admission letter into university for scholarship. My ankle did like this to check the logo, see if it's not fake. He tried to rub yeah, off and the, see if the it's color. Yeah, because they won't, they couldn't believe it. Like you, but they didn't understand what I was trying to do. So that's how I got into university. I told her I didn't have SSC. They said it doesn't matter. Then Yes, when I was in school, when some of my lectures don't show up, I step up and I teach my class. You teach them yeah, programming? Yeah, I go to school in the evening and I work in the morning. I train all the lecturers on how to upload their content to eCampus. And that was where we learned a lot because then we realized... So were you working for them or they became your first client, the university? So it was a deal. They got eCampus, I got a scholarship. It wasn't documented on paper, right? And then, okay, you work for us to manage the eCampus. We pay you a salary. So and that was a first real life environment that I got to set up eCampus. Quickly, I got to learn a lot of things that a lot of assumptions I had were not going to work. Were you leading a team or were you working on your own? So I began alone and then eventually I started thinking, like, I need this, I need that. And then because I was using a lot of Linux and Unix and open source technologies, most of the people who come are Windows-based trained. So I had to create a certificate course within the university called the Open Source Technologies Program. Went to accreditation board, defended, got accredited. So you became a program leader and you were teaching that. So you became almost like a HAO. HOD. Yes. And then we were admitted students for that program. Yes. With no degree. Why you are studying as well? And what were you studying at university? Computer science. <laughs> this is interesting. You study computer science at the same time creating curriculum for. Yeah. Because I need skills to help me work. And the skills they have to learn Unix, Linux, which is not in the curriculum. So I need to quit one. And it worked. We got advertised. And big companies send their what, CTO, CTOs and head of technical departments to come take that course. So during the vacation of that year, I actually worked as a consultant for Discovery Talk to redesign the entire system and migrate them from Spike technology to Linux. It's where it's going. Two years later, I had deployed the same Linux certificate course at another university, Ghana Technology University. So I was just moving. And what was it? So let me go back to the first one, uh, the Regent University. Yeah. What was the objective? They want to take all their curriculum on exactly. and make, make it accessible to students. Exactly. Because they had a lot of working class students and they were the, one of the pioneers introducing weekend school. You know, you don't have to stress too much. You can be working and schooling so your assignment is online. It was very detailed. But then it became a white elephant over time because the lecturers, the teachers, saw that as extra work. Now they have to upload content. Uh, so I have to go and take the content from them and make sure it's uploaded. After one year, I, I dropped out. You dropped out of that university even with the scholarship. Why? Because they won't want, they didn't want me to deploy eCampus for any other university. Because you're an employee and the IP bill. I was about to ask you about the IP. Who owns the IP at that point? So it was just, they still respected me that it's my product, but they felt at least since they gave me a scholarship and all that, I should at least some exclusivity and all that. And there was no contract signed in between. And they always tried, they sometimes try to use the scholarship to scare me and be like eh, if you they will redraw the scholarship we will redraw the scholarship and i'm like dude man, I just walked away man i went to start my own company interesting so i went to register equinox intercom limited in 2006 so let me go back to when you went at that point you went to me again and told your mom hey the scholarship on a job and the driver like, yeah i'm walking out then i'm starting a company what did she say oh at that point she's now beginning to I, trust you i didn't even tell her that so yeah, I hung, you know, I, I, I walked away from the scholarship. I said, okay, I'll pay my own fees now. You know what I mean? And one semester, inshallah, I just walked away. And then uh, at the time, a lot more companies wanted me to do Unix and Linux stuff for them. So it was fun. Discovery was willing to pay me. What and it, you were making money. Yeah, you were paying me $800 a month to 80, do jobs. 80, like $800 a month to do work in 2005, 2006. Yeah. So I was okay, yeah. You know what I mean? I was a consultant. I'd come and do training for companies. And it got to a point... You know, the contracts were always in my name again, the people. I'm like, no, they have to create a proper company. I went to the Registrar General, registered Equinox.com Limited as a company. And then eCampus was its first product. And then we went on like that till December 2015 that eCampus became a company on its own. So that has been the transition. Now, dropping out of Regent was a big deal. It made me start a proper business. But by 2007, I realized, no, I still need to go back to school. But this time, not to learn computer science, but to learn business. Because I had... I 
was chasing the Venture Capital Trust Fund to raise money for the business. And when you go to those meetings, what's your present value? What's your future value? What's your expected discount rate? I'm like, I, was, I wasn't getting it quite well. So I had to go back to business school. Exactly. Because you're just a builder. You're not an entrepreneur at that point. So I, I went to Gimpa and I told them my Gimpa? story. The Ghana Institute of Management and Public Administration. And I went, I told them my story. Look, I've been running my company for, that's 2009. I've been running so my when you're running your company then, you, you have, you're just doing consulting? No. And training? We're still building e-campus. You're building e-campus. E-campus was and your first had, product. Yeah, and you have users. Yeah. At that time, we had even deployed it. That time, it was even a standalone system. So you can't install for you. <laughs> yeah. So anyone that wants e yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, we, we did some installations for the computer science department of Legon, the College of Science and Physics at KNUST. We did some deployments for Takradi Polytechnic. So we're just moving around trying to do things. But, you know, just a growth process. We're learning a lot going forward. And how many people are working with you at that point? At that point, I have about nine people working with me. And even my colleagues, mm-hmm. some of, most of them came to work with me. Same time came to do their internship with me so I can sign on. You, know, you have to sign that thing for them that if that internships and it was it was a good thing it was a good thing but when it got to a point where we had to actually raise money start using other people's money to run the company then i realized i need to be a better ceo who understand the numbers and all that so i applied for gimpa got in and for i business yeah be a name well my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and sme management so i got in i took that one very seriously because i was applying everything i was learning on the job uh ran for src presidents the election never happened completed graduated my certificate so that's my first degree so you had four years so that's my first degree so it was at the latter part of Gimpa when I was doing my project work when one professor came to the class and said oh there is this MBA from the Catholic University of Milan they require that you have a business idea that is working to enter that MBA because the idea is to fine tune your business idea and make it what bankable so my colleagues were like so that your e-campus thing when you want to try with them I don't have money to pay they're like no you try so I applied then there was an opening business idea competition before the MBA starts and whoever wins it get only one slot the scholarship and for some reason I won so I got into e-campus that is where the game changed these professors and all these high IT guys they just stripped the whole e-campus I had and thought I had some they stripped it naked when you were presenting to them yeah, yeah after the presentation and I won the business idea competition and started the program itself in Milan no no, no in Ghana so they, they have a campus in Ghana so you, you need to stay where your business is relevant, right? So they send the professors down. I had a Japanese professor, I had an American professor, some Indian professors who were just trying to push you to make this product reasonable. They were the ones who asked me the question, how does the brain learn? It took me three weeks to figure it out. And what we found out after reading a lot of theses, a lot of research is that no matter how smart, dumb somebody is, you can only read, absorb, process, and recall 10% of what you read, 20% of what you hear, 30% of what you see, 50% of what you see and hear, 70% of what you practice or do and 95% of what you teach to other people. It doesn't matter whether you're Hispanic, you're Asian, you're American, you're African. It, it just doesn't matter. That's how the brain functions. Everything changed. So if you claim you are, you're not going to fight the system, you're just going to flip delivery, then for each topic or each page or each chapter, there must be something to read, listen, watch, practice, discuss, so they can get the percentage and on average, they can recall it 75% of whatever they learned. And in most standardized exams, 75% is an A. So you can still go to your normal school. You can still deliver you close. that memorization. Yes, but then the what? way you engage with the talk, with, with the subject because some people is totally different. Exactly. And then that gives you a, an advantage over people that just have a different mode of delivery. Some people are better at visual. Some people are better at hearing. Some people are better at actually helping each other. So this is what eCampus stands for. And you can apply in any industry, any industry where you need to learn some. So micro learning, bits and pieces. So that is what has made us what we are today. We've won a couple of awards. Last year, we were the Education Startup of the Year. This year, we've won the Singularity University Global Impact Challenge, for which I leave Friday for Silicon Valley for three months. You're going to, you, you, you won the, the, is it 2016 or 2017? 2017. Challenge. Yeah, April. That was done in Lagos. Lagos, yeah. yeah. I won okay, it. I, I was part of the organizing committee for that initially. So, and you're going to Silicon Valley for three, three months. For yeah. three months. And that's eCampus for climate change. That's not even 
in the main e-campus because there's e-campus for junior high school, e-campus for senior high, e-campus for corporate training, e-campus for universities, e-campus for our nursing, and there's e-campus for climate change. Have you raised money for e-campus? Sure. We've raised um, angel round. So we have all our angels put together. We've we've done about $750,000 in commitment and then about 400 k has been disbursed already. And you're, you're expecting to raise 350. Uh, sure. So we we have we actually just up into Series A. You're going for Series A. Yeah, we're a. just pushing from there to Series A. You're pushing. So you, you, no, is this seed return to Series A or you're going to have Series A separately? Yeah, we're going to have Series A separately. But then like the whole moment, I'm not going to be like, okay, let's finish this one before. What, what are go. you raising the money for? Okay. What are the key milestones that you want to achieve? We, we want to develop content. We need more content. 60% of the money we're going to raise is going to use to build content. So you want to have your own content. So we're discussing about this model. It, it looks like Netflix for, for learning or Linda. Sure. But for more learning basic yeah. stuff. For, yeah. So whether it is primary school, secondary school or uh, senior or high. Senior high or your job. Yeah, a job and then stuff. So yeah. and, and it's targeted at Africans. Sure. So so that's what makes it so it's a pan African. It's pan African and it's one dollar for students. Yeah, one dollar per and two dollars per employee. So people can the subscribers can have access to lots of information. Exactly. Um, learning biotech subject right, to learning about biology, chemistry to learning how to how to lead a team to learning digital marketing to learning how to make a food to learn exactly. how to make cake etiquette stable manners so do you have video to that because i know a lot of a lot of online learning has been moving out to video yeah so that's why i said on e-campus for any topic you read listen watch practice discuss so watch our videos and our videos are heavily illustrated videos and 2d 3d you produce that. We yourself. produce that ourselves. So if I take a script from you, if I take maybe a blog post from you, I'm going to give it to a script writer. That's Teddy. Teddy heads our script, the department. So they will script it into a drama-based thing and then goes to Juliet and now they lead the voiceover department. Teddy leads the script department because if, for example, if you're reading the employee handbook of a company, it's boring. So Teddy must make sure that he converts that employee handbook into a drama-based storyline in a script. Then Dockers and her team will go to a studio and do the voiceover because for me, accent is critical. You're not giving an American accent content to a Ghanaian. It doesn't make sense to me. So Juliet and her team goes to do the voiceovers, create all the drama thing. Then it goes to Booty. Booty does the illustrations. So Booty now takes the script, right? And then the voice does his illustration. So the things they say in the script, he tries to draw them and explain them and then runs the voiceover on it. So it becomes very interesting and interactive. Then when that is done, Dockers and her team they are the content managers they will now do the quality control and make sure it's uploaded properly under each topic as a production cycle so i want to do this production cycle for a hundred subjects and in one subject for example integrated science there are over 122 topics that that you can do that kind of so for each topic i'm going to do this process now that we are adding virtual reality and augmented reality that means there's more work so you have lots of content that you can then work on so people that are subscribed so we pay for the all of the production you you invest into the product exactly because you're so that's why we raise your goal money. is to get um, a lot of lot of subscribers but I'm still thinking the subscriber one dollar a month and two dollars for corporate so now maybe, maybe ha, yeah that would be that, you need to have a lot of people on your yeah, platform let me let me give you an idea. There are 36 million students in Anglophone West Africa. Anglophone in this English-speaking Africa. West Africa. 36 million in English-speaking West Africa. 36 million students. And that includes that that it does just the, the countries that are part of the West African Examination Council: Ghana, Nigeria, Liberia, Sierra Leone, and the Gambia. We're incorporated in Liberia and Ghana, by the way. Now they are 36 million every year. 3.6 million writes the YEC exams every year so if you want if we even focus on pushing it that okay prepare to pass your exam prepare to pass your exam there are a chance there's a chance that we'll get a million students who wants to prepare and pass their exams to yeah. pay one dollar a month but there are other, that's the total market but i'm not sure whether that's the addressable market no so the because total market hold on would have access to the to to the internet or to so smartphones cra right what's the population of lagos about 25 million how many do you think have access to smartphones just guess maybe 30 percent of that if you let's say just one million of them just one million so I just want one million. Yeah, yeah, but one million of people doesn't mean that one million of students. I'll get it anyway. But it's a big market if you have to think about it. And then it's a current thing. 
as well. The idea of students, see, we don't deal with our users as students. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. I think the market is their users. Than, you, 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 so depending depending on the content we have, that's why we are very aggressive at what content to produce. So if you can produce a lot of content, for example, we're working with the National Fire Service, right, to see how we could digitize all these fire instructions and all this how to use a fire extinguisher when you're in a car is burning, how to save yourself into virtual reality content and make it available. It's not for students. Anybody can subscribe to that. That's why I said, I can, that's why I'm using the Netflix or Linda. Yeah. So content. Because content that anybody wants to learn or interact with, you're making it accessible for them. So it's not just students. No. It's for, okay, I want to learn how, how to live well in, I want to understand the culture of the people that live in Accra. So I just came to Accra. I want to learn the culture and there will be content in there that will teach me about the guns, how, how they do this, the history, the culture, the community. Exactly. And I can learn that. So if I come to, uh, or even language, okay, I want to learn language that could be interactive, learning there, how to get a job. So you're a student, you learn how to pass, how to do well in university, how to get a job, how to do life in relationship, that, how to do that, business. That is where we're going. And already campus is in Amharic for the Ethiopian market, Arabic, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, so and Swahili. If you go to the app store today, we're getting in all those languages. So let me talk about one of the challenges of, of apps in Africa is, I don't know whether you faced that, which is basically the data. Okay, data is very expensive in Africa. So how are you beating that? So we, we try to make our videos very lightweight, right? more like GIFs, right? but extended GIFs. And then another challenge that we see clearly is that it's not that there's not data. There's a lot of data. It's just expensive. Yeah. All right. We're introducing options where you can actually save some of the videos on your local device, but you can only view them through eCampus. I hope you understand my point. All right. Number three, we, from 2015, we initiated some partnerships. So Amma, who introduced me to you, she led, even she led the Airtel partnership and the Tigo partnership. But then I, I pulled back a bit because I felt... I mean, partnership with yeah. telcos. Yeah, with telcos. In the sense that, you know, they have all these special packages they have. They have Vodafone X, they have Etel Flex, they have MTM Pulse, and they have Tigo Tribe, where they have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, how do you call it? Snapchat, all those, and WhatsApp, kind of subsidize. And there was nothing education about these things. So when we spoke to them about plugging in eCampus as one of those apps that are on those, you know, preferred bundles and cheaper, they were all they all jump through. So that doesn't make sense. It's going to make us look good. Then I'm um, on second thoughts. I said, no, we're not ready. Why? Tomorrow morning, eCampus logo is on all Vodafone billboards, Tigo billboards, MTN billboards, and Etel billboards that you can get access to content. And you go, then there is no content. That's a big problem for me. The The problem was we were trying to manage expectations. If the if the telecos get at so much publicity and then the content is very limited, we will lose some customers. So you're trying to and manage the liquidity that exactly. you don't have enough supply before, before you reach the out. demand comes. Because at the time we had only math and English. You don't put your your, your message on a billboard with a teleco and all you have is math so and English. So how far are you down the line of producing enough content that will make it worthwhile so, for you to Sure. So we've now we've gone to French, we've gone to science and we've added social studies. It's a slow and painful process. So what is the, the reason what is it that is delaying the pace? It costs ten thousand US dollars to produce one subject. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, so. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a lot of money. So we are very, we're, we're, we're doing it slowly. You know what I mean? That's why we're excited that we're going to be at the Silicon Valley where we can raise some good money. That's why we're trying to raise $2 million to do a hundred subjects, which is a critical mass of subjects that have rich content as far all the way from text to augmented reality for each topic. Once you have that critical mass of content, it's easy to, you know, be more vocal. It's easy to do a lot more aggressive marketing. But, but don't you think it's a chicken and egg thing, right? That you can still be getting some supplies, even though I mean, it's getting some demand, even though your supply is not that much. You don't want to wait until you have a lot. People are paying for e-campus every day. Okay, so they still so have enough. There's content. So you, you you can still be partnering with some low sure. people that, that can give you steady no problem. demand and give you feedback as well. The focus mainly has been on corporate training now. So we get in the banks, we 
you get in the insurance companies, trying to get the pharmaceuticals, all those institutions that are heavily regulated. So they're required to do training very often. So they, they are one we can manage because it's content that still are made for them. They give us the content. That kind so of, who pay for the production of those content? The companies pay. They and they pay. pay separately from the $2. So that one is, that's why we focus there. So premium bank says, okay, they're coming on board uh, each department what training materials. Mostly they pay consultants to train them. And after the training, they have the PowerPoints and they the handouts. So they give that handouts and the PowerPoints to us that we digitize it into our awesome content and then they are happy. So you pay us, we develop, then every month you pay us per employee. So that is keeping our momentum slowly. But at the same time, we're also developing the, the junior high school that demands the English. Which is the product that can scale. scale. So slowly, slowly, yeah. slowly. So with the right kind of investment, because ideally the kind of high quality content you provide, we should be charging $1 for that. That's like peanuts. But that's the affordability. You have exactly. to think about it. How, how the people you're so targeting. The fact that we're keeping it that affordable requires that we raise a lot of outside capital to build more content and hopefully break even at the 100,000 user. Okay, so the goal is 100,000 users is still like $100,000 a month. That doesn't look like break even to me if you're, if you're spending $10,000 to produce one content. So if I'm spending $10,000 to produce a subject yes, and, and that subject gives me 100,000 a month. No, with that subject or there are several subjects that you need to produce to get that 100,000 users? No. So right now we have 8,000 users, all right? Yeah, but if you produce, let's say, 100 subjects, which that could give us you. a million. That will cost us two million dollars to produce, and that will get us a million students. Can get to a million. Students. A million users. Yeah. A million users. So at the million users, that's a million dollars a month. Right. So because I maybe I'll share my one page with you later. Yeah. So where we are going is to raise two million dollars, use it to produce a hundred thousand subjects, which deploy, will be hundred thousand times ten thousand. No, sorry. When, for, for for producing yeah, that. So two million dollars to produce hundred subjects. Okay. Because ten thousand dollars per subject so you have half of it is pretty like you know so, so you, one million dollars to produce, to produce and then the other million to do about you know 10 corporate companies do your marketing employment or reach capitalize and you have confidence that 100 subjects you can attract about a million yeah. subscribers because the 100 subjects cut across a number of uh, disciplines all right so we 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 do junior high senior high nurses training midwifery teacher training technical and vocational education so it cuts across a wider scale and all these exam boards have found a way to be kind of regional so once you do the math for YEC, it's relevant in nigeria is relevant so because it's like the same Exactly. So once you have an extra 1 million to go make noise in Nigeria to create awareness so people can download and service and use the product, then you're getting somewhere with your $1 pay. So let's talk then. about your team and how many people you got working with you now? So currently we're at 13. 13 people working. So that's not a lot. Yeah, we're trying to keep it slim. So are you profitable as a business? For now, no. So we're not profitable. We're still burning investment money. And who are your investors? Money. So are they local, international, the VC, institutional, no, no. private? Angels, it's private series of angels. Yeah, like for the seven hundred fifty, yeah. are they local? Or yeah, local. So two Cameroonian, two Ghanaians put together. The yeah, and then yeah, and then my 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 first company, Equinox Telecom Limited, puts a lot of money into your campus. own company. Yeah, my first company. So your first company had less. You have less of. Oh yeah, cash. we do. We do stuff. Like then you still it's still going on. Yeah, we do stuff. We so, do fiber to the home. We do smart home technology for guitar companies. Like we do stuff. We do stuff. I, I just don't like you know. So I, from I keep that money, campus. You yeah, we put, you put into almost products. almost sixty percent of all the money EIL makes goes but to fund e-campus. To fund e-campus. That's interesting. And, and that's the kind, kind of unique that you have a, pro- a company that's making Oh yeah, it makes like how are we surviving? You know I mean? That would have been tough. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So what is your biggest business pain point at the moment? My pain point would be the rates or uh, the, the lag time between a corporate customer telling you yes, I'm interested in e-campus and the time they actually deploy and make payment. Yeah, so it's so the sales cycle is longer. It's it's just sometimes another that's the B two B. So the sales cycle it's just it's, it's just unreasonable. So I do my pitch. You're happy about it. You're excited. Your MD approves it. We send our contract to you. Send it to your lawyers to the law team to review and let's move forward. And it takes eight months. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah, but well, that, that's the corporate culture <laughs> most of the time. What is wrong with you? Yeah, because that's, that's a bureaucracy. So I spend a lot of money going right now that chasing something that has already been done sailed. We just need to execute. Then 
you need to be calling them. Oh, it's as if you are, you are, you are begging them to improve their own business. And it's, it's annoying sometimes. But then you look at uh, what's the size, what is, what's the ticket size we're talking about here. And I think a lot of people factor that in into uh, how you cost. The sales cycle is longer and then, then it doesn't matter if it's a big project because it has to go through several orders. For me, that, that has been a big pain point. But and it's something that you cannot actually really control. We have to find a way to fix that if we want to grow as an economy. Because I cannot spend, you see, it's supposed to cost me $60 to get a company on board eCampus. Now it's costing me about what? $260. But what, what, is the, what is the lifetime value? When you when you get them, oh, it's quite a lot. The life so that, that is quite a big, right? It's good. So that's but fine. but it's, it's, I'm trying to reduce my cost constant. So that's my pain point. Now I think it's not about the cost. To be honest, I think what you should be optimizing for is not to reduce the cost because if the lifetime value is huge, it doesn't matter. So uh, it doesn't matter to me, but it's not a big deal. I think what you should be optimizing for is reducing the sales cycle. So so even if it costs you five hundred dollars to get that sales cycle from eight months to one month, that's good. It's worth it. Right? So, yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah, the sure, cost. Sure. It's because you know that you're going to get, let's say you're going to get $10,000 from that business. So you're spending $250 now, but it's going to cost you, it's going to take you eight months. Actually, it's costing you more than that because that eight months. Yeah, we're spending you're more. Spending, yeah. But if, you, if someone says, okay, uh, it's going to cost you $1,000, but you're going to get this decision done within a month. You, I'll go would, for it. You go for that. I'll yeah. go so for you're it. Go. So, so those, are, those are the pains. That's my real pain now. And then um, I think uh, skills is difficult to get now. So talent, people. Talent, yeah. Because unfortunately, some of the, virtual reality stuff we need to outsource to people outside Ghana to try and help us do them in. And how do you think you can fix that in terms of increasing the level of expertise in the in So one of the one of the main reasons why we're excited about going to NASA Research Park is trying to build we're going to try and build relationships people who have the skills that we we, we have gaps for here and see how we could arrange some internships and you know exchange programs and so that the boys the boys are good and my team they're very good just you know VR AR blockchain AI you know machine learning they're just new and you know you don't expect them to pick it up like that and they need to be in an environment where it's being used like you know being a test to understand what an artificial intelligence algorithm really means and looks like, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's the relation we're going to have to see. So maybe over a period of next 18 months, if you can send them in batches of two, they go, they come, or they can, and then they can gain their skills and that could move What is your number one growth metric that you look at to indicate that your business is growing? It's a combination of... But what is the primary one? Primary one is how many customers do we have now? Subscribers are yeah. coming to you. Yeah, how, how many subscribers have you got now? No, so, yeah. So, as I said, it's a so you see how many subscribers we have about 8,000 subscribers. Paying. But, no. So that's the thing. So you have subscribers, have paying subscribers. Well, you, are you running a freemium model? Yeah. So we have a freemium and a premium, but mostly the freemium you have now just gives you maybe access to read, you know, and then discuss. But when you want audio, video, practice, then you have to pay. Right. So we have people like that. And then those numbers it kind of it's not standard so it's seasonal when the wire exams are coming you see the numbers growing yeah that's another thing I think about your product and then, people use it for a particular yeah, thing and, then, and they just, then they leave exactly and then the cycle goes down again and all that but it's not it's 12 dollars a year yeah which is cool but then you know the exams is not throughout the year and it's flexible to pay monthly so they can pay only two months after the exams they're gone so we were looking at all those trends and then another thing too we see when we studied our analytics clearly it shows that someone came and said that he wanted to learn about clinical nursing he comes back three days time to check for something similar he doesn't get it and then comes back three weeks time and he doesn't get it and he realized they come back four weeks time then they don't come at all yes so, so you need to consider so then so that's why the whole campaign for content is very it's very high so us, yeah. because the the more the more content you have on we affect the users yeah the more users the more users we give you that liquidity and that data exactly. point to create more content exactly which book are you reading at the moment? What is it about? So it's about this guy who is going to, he's a shepherd and then he's, he had a dream and then they told him a treasure and it's in Egypt and he has to go get it. Oh, I'm forgetting this book. So it's, it's a fiction? Yeah, it's a fiction, but it's, it's quite interesting. It talks about, as my co-founder is forcing me to read it again before I go to the valley. It talks about, you know, you going for what you want, like, you know, staying focused at what, knowing what you want and then you're going to go through a lot of obstacles and 
things are not going to go your way and then uh, it's going to it's going to take you a long time you go around in circles but then just keep going for that dream how hard i forget this stuff that, that's interesting i want to link it back to you how much you raised i think yeah it was written by uh, carlos Powell. carlos Powell. if i get out send it back to so you. i want to go back to how much you raised and it seems there are very few people that have raised that an amount of money that you raised in ghana i mean you raised 750 million $750,000. Commencements. But yeah, exactly. So you got, so you got $300,000 already yeah, yeah. In, the, in the bank. So that is interesting that there are very, still very few companies in Ghana, startup, that have raised that level up. Is that giving you a lot of sense of responsibility to make this work, not just for your business, but for the ecosystem? Um, yes, but then no. My, my sense of responsibility comes from the very beginning. I need to prove that the system is for lot and I want to do it politely. I don't want to fight any government. I don't want to fight any establishment. I don't. So people tell me, why aren't you talking to the Ghana Education Service? I'm like, for what? Why aren't you working with Wayek directly? I'm like, for what? I'm a nuisance. I'm a threat. I'm a disruptor. They will kill me before I even say Jack. You see where I'm coming from? So that is my, so I can sell my car and pay salaries. I, I sell my furniture and pay salaries. You come to my house today, tomorrow the microwave is going to ask me, I told you I sold it to buy something they needed to record the voiceover. I don't mind. And I do that all the time. And my, sometimes my family get annoyed. Like, so won't you have anything for yourself? I'm like, no, it's not important now. So if it's about the investment or the commitment they've made, I don't know. Even them, sometimes I get angry at them because they tell you the second badge of money is coming next month and it delays for four months. You know, they're angels. So they don't even keep it to their own commitments. So, so you have a, you have something yeah, that's so you. It's just like, so yeah, so I understand them. They're angels. We are all struggling. So if that was what was driving me, then the business would have collapsed long ago. Mm-hmm. Because so which business is getting you excited at the moment apart from e-campus or your own? Other business? There is sold, there is ever, you know, I mean, like I just uh, what are those businesses? So sold is a product distribution and tracking app. One of our customers that we're gonna be on board next week is a distributor for Accra Brewery in Guinness. So he wants to know where his tracks are at what time, how much the sales agent sold, how many customers he has, and where are they located, what's the density. He wants to see us the dashboard when sales are going up, it goes up like the speedometer. We do stuff like that. And we want to monitor to that last the, the tabletop person. There was a Lebanese company called Royal Suites using sold for the past one year. So the agents go out with vans to sell sweets and biscuits to market women. And they register the market women with their location and GPIs and monitor everything. And sales orders come, purchase orders, visitations. But, but then they don't track how many those women have sold because they sell it for cash most of the time. Yeah, they only so. track how much the retailers have given them. No, no, no. So we, we track what you sell. We do. But the ladies are, the market women are not using any trackable device. So we have what we call stock counts. I'll take it to that. We have stock counts. We want to know. So are you it, involved in this business or you're an investor? It's like we built it from scratch. When eCampus was done May 31st, what were we doing in terms of the developing team? There's nothing to do. Code something new. So we fully deploy it. Then it's nice. You should see how it works. Like it's a whole mind blowing thing. And I think uh, one of our partners, uh, Jihad Sap, was very instrumental. Because because he runs Royal Suites and he understands those dynamics and he just tells us this then we make sure we code it and it's a very beautiful app it's, so it's like it's like sales, you know Salesforce mm-hmm. so it's like Salesforce for, for, market for, for us yeah you know what I mean and then Evo is the, is the new baby Evo in Evo means it's done finished Evo is trying to make vocational and technical students economically viable whilst they're still in school so if my tap is broken I don't want the roadside guy to come fix the tap you can get the student that can do it. And then he gets, when the money comes and the, you know, the student gets a bit of the money, the school gets a bit of the money so he can pay his fees, buy the tools he needs to go on. And, and That sounds interesting. So the students who do the work are called Ever Pros and those who give the jobs are called Ever Angels. Uh, so far we've used three Ever Pros, two Ever Angels and they got the job done. So those are the things I'm looking That's at. That's right. Interesting. Alchemist. That's the book I'm reading. Alchem- the Alchemist. The Alchemist. Oh, yes. I've heard about that yeah, book. That's the book I'm reading again. Someone recommended that book to me. Actually, yeah, the the Alchemist. Alchemist. You should read that book. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, it's mind blowing. So just when you think you're done, everything is going smooth and something just messes everything up. Yeah. And it forces you to give up, but you don't give up. That, yeah, that little guy was yeah, the him. Alchemist. Yeah, that hurt me a life. I didn't remember this book. The Alchemist. Alchemist. So that's what I'm reading now. Um, I have a feeling that I'm going to get you back on this show at some point. Fine. 
and it's, it's a pleasure chatting with you now. It's a pleasure. It's, it's a pretty long conversation, but I really enjoyed every bit of it. So Cecil, thank you for coming to Building the Future. Thank you for helping me try to build the future. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by JEE Client Services. Have you ever left a negotiation feeling that you have lost, overcommitted, or will be overpaying? Negotiation is a skill and it can be learned. It is one of the most important skills you ever require as a business person. That is why you need to attend this online masterclass put together by JEE Client Services in conjunction with Lauren Gold Consulting. It's three series of live webinars starting from 14th November 2017. At the end of the webinar, you will understand how to gather intelligence and prepare for negotiation, how to set expectations, how to bargain across cultural borders, how to deal with deadlocks during negotiation, and a lot more. This isn't just any masterclass. It is put together by top players in the game. JEE Client Services provides business support, governance, and compliance services for SMEs, large corporates, high net worth individuals, and membership organizations. If you want to get the best out of your next negotiation, you need to sign up to attend this webinar series go to www.jcs.ng and register the first masterclass is free for listeners of this podcast to register go to www.jcs.ng you've been listening to building the future podcast by dalton these are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the african future and you'll be able to hear all their stories For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you, and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.